So tonight we're going to read uh, from Psalm 1. If you want to uh, turn your Bible on, or if you're not that sophisticated, um, uh, turn to page 543 um, uh, of the Red Bibles. And if you have another Bible, I have absolutely no idea what page it's on. Any prophets in the room? No? Okay. Okay, so Psalm 1, um, and it goes a little bit like this. It may come up on the screen. No? All right. Not that fancy. Not that sick. Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers." Not so the wicked. They are like chaff and the wind blows away, that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great, there's a few Anglican people here. That's fantastic. We need some more. Um, so... Um, uh, this psalm talks about two ways. Um, one, of, one of them is, is flourishing with God, which is kind of what I want to major on. The other one is not flourishing without God. It might be quite obvious, uh, but that is what this psalm is talking about, because God is the source of all things and the source of all life. Um, uh, and when preparing for this, I dipped into a really uh, profound book um, by a guy called Mark Sayers, uh, and it's called Reappearing Church. So if, you, if you're a reader and you want to read something that, that grapples with some of this a little bit deeper than what I'm even able to go to, uh, read Mark, uh, Reappearing Church by Mark Sayers. Um, uh, and what I'm going to say tonight is a mixture of some stuff, some of my thoughts that have been provoked by some of his thoughts. So it's not all original. Um, so the first thing is um, a few comments on the start of the psalm. Uh, it's one of my go-to psalms, actually, when, when I think about a progression of what it means to get a little bit further away from God, to step into sin in different ways. Um, uh, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Um, I don't know whether you've ever noticed this, but it starts, begins by walking alongside. There's still active, there's still movement in place. And then we see a progression to stand Blessed is the one that does not stand in the way that sinners take. It's gone from walking to now standing still in the midst of what's going on in terms of sin. And then finally, um, the further progression is sitting in the company of mockers. Do you see that progression? It's an active walking to a standing still, then a sitting down, almost a resigned nature to what's going on. This is not the main point of tonight, but I just want to highlight this. This is progression. This is the progression of how a follower of Jesus begins um, to lose our life, to lose our contagious nature, to lose our saltiness in the world. Uh, because we begin to compromise, sometimes without realising, just by walking past. Then it's the stopping, lingering look, and then it's the sitting down in full resignation. So that'll mean more to some people here than others this evening, but I did want to say it because it's one of my favourite parts uh, of this psalm and it's something I go back to uh, and, and I examine myself with. Uh, where am I 
walking past and looking, where am I standing, where am I now sitting in ways which are not ways of life. Um, so there's a little tool for you if you've not seen that before. Um, and we begin, um, maybe we begin to compromise on a number of levels. Uh, firstly, by walking in compromise. You can imagine uh, maybe window shopping, walk, walking past, whatever it may be. Let's maybe start low with a bit of gossip, uh, a bit of uh, cynicism that we're beginning to get drawn into. Is gossip and cynicism something that sounds like the life from the life giver? But it doesn't feel like the worst thing in the world when we do it, but maybe it becomes a progression of something where we then stand still and we find ourselves in it and then we're sitting in it and un unable to get ourselves out. Um, just a little reflection. Um, we stand. Um, we stop and stand. This becomes our norm and before we know it, we're sitting in it. Um, living without God. Um, so before we go into how amazing this psalm is about talking about life and being planted, um, planted near life, um, there's a shout out to us all right at the start of the psalms to live this life and almost beware of a progression that we can go on despite the fact that God's full of grace and pours it on us. There's a progression that we can go on that means we don't live in that fullness and God's calling us to and that's the point that I want to major on this evening. Um, You'll see it says, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, meditates on his law day and night. Um, and meditate, as I was reading up on that, is not just thinking about a word, as we often maybe think of meditation, just spending some time thinking or maybe in silence. It is that as well. Um, not just thinking about the Bible, but in the original language, it is to have these words on your lips. Meditating on the law is to have these words upon your lips. Uh, it becomes your language, it becomes your words, it becomes your life. Uh, it is living as though these words are your life. That these words that you say or don't say are a matter of life or death. That is what meditating on the law of the, the, law of the Lord uh, means. Ultimately aligning our hearts with his heart. Um, as we bring those words to our lips. We do it as we worship, don't we? Uh, we, we do it maybe as we talk about, um, share stories of what God's been doing. We're beginning to talk about his ways and the way he works amongst us. And we do it as we maybe discuss, we open up scriptures and we discuss that together uh, in whatever other way we may do it too. That person, um, the psalm says, the psalmist says, is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Everything they do prospers. Prosper's interesting, isn't it? It's not saying prosperity. It's not saying you'll get mega books in a big house. <laughs> um, uh, but prosper is in life, goodness, wholeness, fulfillment, and ultimately eternal life uh, with Jesus. Everything you do will prosper and be leading to that wholeness. We all know life's hard at times, it may not feel like this, but we have an ultimate promise that everything that we do will lead to a prosperous end. Um, and it's true, if you think for a moment about a tree, um, just imagine your favourite tree for a moment. Everybody's got a favourite tree, right? Nice silver birch or an oak. Good, everyone's thinking of trees, fantastic. Um, they're relying on um, rainfall or storing up water in some way. Um, 
in other ways uh, to live. But here in this psalm, uh, we'll see that the tree is planted by water. The tree has a constant source. And it's illustrating that God is an ever-present, unwavering input of life for this tree. And it's not talking about trees, it's talking about people who live like this, of course. Unwavering input of life, of health, of flourishing. There is a system in place where if God is the source of that system, we store up his goodness and release his life. There becomes a flow that goes through us. With him as the source, we store up his goodness and it leads to releasing life, releasing fruitfulness the way life is meant to be. And you see, I don't know whether you, you notice this, but we're, we're part of systems. Um, uh, even coming to university, you've been to some degree part of a system that's led to this point where you're here at university. The job that you're in, there's some kind of system that's gone on, whether you can see that clearly or not, that's led you to getting that job. Um, and whatever else the system might be. But health flows into our systems through God's presence. Health flows into our systems through God's presence. The world around us may speak of flourishing and freedom being part, uh, uh, far away from being rooted, being planted, um, Uh, or or having any authority over us, or there being any boundaries at all. Um, In fact, people go as far away as they possibly can from those things in the name of freedom. I don't know if you notice that with with those people around you. But here in Psalm 1, it's offering us something that is quite counter to the idea of living a life with no boundaries, where you're not rooted by anything, and there is no authority. Um, uh, The world around us may speak of flourishing and freedom being apart from that. But Psalm 1 is offering us a counter. And that person, it is written, is like a tree planted. Um, Just take the word planted for a moment. It doesn't sound like it's going to be blown around too much. It's planted. It's rooted. Planted ultimately in Christ. There's something solid about it. It's on a firm foundation. I don't know much about gardening, but when I plant something, it doesn't really seem to blow away in the wind in a way that things that maybe aren't planted do. And there are boundaries to this life, but it leads to life. It leads to meaning. It means it leads to purpose and flourishing. When speaking of culture, one person writes this, We're drowning in freedoms, but thirsting for meaning. We're drowning drowning in freedoms, but thirsting for meaning. And we see that, don't we? People are drowning in choice, in freedom, uh, without being rooted in anything particular, or particularly knowing where that meaning can be found. Um, People are blown around from one thing to another in this search, Maybe I'll find a meaning <laughs> that I'm looking for, maybe the acceptance that I'm looking for here. Um, what the world offers in terms of freedom ultimately doesn't deliver in the long run. 
um, on the deepest human need, which is for relationship, which is for love uh, with God and and with boundaries in place, (laughs) Um, with guidance that brings brings us to be able to live a fulfilled life, a life in all its fullness, uh, true to how we're made. Um, It's strange, isn't it, that boundaries are actually life-giving? Almost have to wrestle with that a little bit, um, because I'm part of that culture too, and I've grown up with that, pushing against boundaries. But boundaries, in a, in a God sense, they're actually there for us to thrive. Um, and I think that's maybe something, particularly our age range, need to look at. These boundaries that God puts in, in terms of what it means to thrive, are there for us to thrive. So what true flourishing is, uh, then, is uh, God as our source. Uh, with him at our source, being filled with his presence, his love, it leads to fruitfulness. And Jesus talks about this in John uh, 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. Uh, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you have him as the source of your system, you will bear fruit. It's quite clear talking, really. And as we live in a fruitful way with God as our source, it ultimately leads to renewal, the renewal of all things. Um, Personally, yes, there's a personal element to it. Uh, Together in our communities, uh, whether it being Barnabas communities or just the communities that we're a part of in this city, in our churches and wider across our society, as we live with God as our source, it ultimately leads to fruit and renewal. Um, And that's why we must pray and be sending each other uh, into those places that are beyond the walls of the church. It doesn't stop at the end of this time together this evening. Um, Every sphere of society, not just the day-to-day, but every sphere of society, and I couldn't help but be thinking of government as I wrote this. Oh my goodness, do we need to pray for that? Yes, we need to pray for it, but we also need to send people with God as their source into those systems to bring renewal. It's not a political party thing, but ultimately we need to see renewal. Obviously, we need to see renewal, not just in this country, but across the world in terms of government. What does it mean for business, for people to have their source as Jesus Christ and see the fruit of the way he's designed us to live? What does it mean in terms of renewable energy to have people with God as the source leading to renewal in those places? It adds a whole other dynamic, a dynamic to it because all of a sudden the, the creator of all things, the life source, a life giver himself, is influencing these places in ways where perhaps before he's been shut out. So a little challenge for us tonight. Whatever sphere you're in, I might not have mentioned yours, Big or small, we're there to be those agents of renewal, of fruit. Um, Which is quite exciting, really, isn't it? I think that's quite exciting. Um, And I say here, each each person here, you are called to be people whose source is God, to bring renewal personally in our communities, in our churches, in our society, in our city, in our nation. Um, And what an amazing vision God has to do this. If you put me as your source, I'll do it through you. Come and have the fun with me. The spiritual fruit that our lives produce is part of God's plan to renew the system we know as the world. I'll say that again. I don't think I've got it on the screen. The spiritual fruit that our lives produce is part of God's plan to renew the system we know as the world. 
It's quite a, quite a big subject for your first time here, but I thought we may as well go big, because God's quite big. Um, we don't want to start, though, do we? We may as well put it how it is at the start. Um, to be thriving and flourishing as he designed it. Colossians 1 says this, The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. The Greek word used to describe the reality that all things find their being in him is where we get our word system from. Apparently, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I I trust some good scholars that have done a lot more work on it than I do. The idea to describe the reality that all things find their being in him is where we get the word system from. Uh, And one theologian says this, this means that Christ is the system that holds the universe and all of creation together. Christ, Jesus Christ, is the system that holds all creation and the whole universe together. Did you know that? Okay, no. Let me just say that again. Christ is uh, the system that holds the whole of creation and the universe together. I love that. I don't really know what to say about it. It sounds pretty cool. And it sounds pretty true, because it is. We could spend our whole lives exploring what that means. But the psalm, coming into land here, the psalm then talks about what it means when we attempt to live these systems without Christ being that centre. It's set up with him at the centre. What does it mean if we try and live it without him at the centre? How does that work? Um, Ultimately, without him as a source, we're left to our own human devices uh, to come up with a source or to try and be our own source. Uh, And ultimately, this leads to what what the Bible talks about, sin. Um, uh, In this circumstance, living outside of our design, um, separate to him, sometimes in opposition to him. Um, And sin becomes a source of our systems, however that manifests, leading not to fruit, but leading to death and destruction. I don't know whether you see that around you in the world, where God's cut out the system. What's the fruit? It may not be death instantly, but it often becomes chaos, often becomes destruction in some sense. If we cut the life source off anything, it leads to death. Ultimately, uh, although modern culture is wonderful in many ways, um, unless God is the source, our own human dependence or our own power, um, if we have that, our human dependence or our own power as a source, we don't enter flourishing as people, but we go into decline. It's a dead end to cut out the source of all things, the creator of all and the one who loves us. As the psalm puts it, we're like chaff, which is what a tree becomes when it dies. It becomes chaff. Eventually it all breaks up and blows away. Um, 
There are no boundaries, there are no roots. It may look free or fruitful to begin with, but it, but it doesn't last. There is no way for any human or society to truly flourish without God as the source. Nations may rise and fall, but without the centrality of Christ, it will not lead to flourishing in life. Final point, and then we're just going to talk about it a little bit. I've been thinking about social media, and hear me, it can be used for good. I use it, we use it as a church. Um, We've got to engage with these things because they're there. There's no point ignoring them. Um, But a reflection I've had recently is that it can become a platform where this kind of system without God as the source uh, um, can be given a profile and made to look attractive and fruitful. Have you ever noticed that? People promoting all sorts of things with um, maybe just human stuff as the source, not ultimately Christ as the source, looks attractive and looks fruitful. Um, uh, And my second reflection was we only have to look below the surface to realise that a lot of it is based on insecurity, a lot of it is based on anxiety, on comparison, uh, competitiveness, whatever it may be. Uh, And I don't think that's flourishing, do you? I don't think that's flourishing and fruitful. Um, uh, ultimately, it leads to death, not life, that kind of thing. Um, so uh, just a little reflection on social media there, a way that it can be made look, look, to look attractive and fruitful. So I'm going to just put this on the screen, and I'm going to ask you to turn to your neighbour and say what, what God is saying to you. Not what James is saying to you, but what, what is God saying to you as you hear all these slightly... Slightly big ideas this evening. What is he saying to you? And then we'll bring it in and uh, we'll wait on his presence for a bit. Go for it. Have a little chat. Put some tunes on, Tim. Thanks.
Great. Great. Um, our communities, um, if you're not in a community, it's a great thing to join, to, to, to belong to, uh, to grow together and to share something uh, of God's goodness in his life. Well, they are great places to continue this conversation uh, about what God may be saying to you. Um, I don't have time to go around with a mic right now, although I'd love to hear uh, some of the stuff. Um, just to say, this is not the only word on Psalm 1. There's probably a whole year's worth on Psalm 1. This is just a word that I sense was in season for us tonight on Psalm 1. There's bits that I've skipped over which are really profound as well. Um, so, coming in to finish, um, ultimately I see two things. What, what's, what's the choice going to be? Faithful, fruitful living uh, on the one hand, or freedom at the expense of meaning, uh, which ultimately leads to our own destruction, whether it's self-destruction or whatever it may be. Um, It's a pretty attractive thing, isn't it, that we get to uh, give away life and goodness and mercy and hope um, and light. And that's really why we exist, uh, to do that in this city. Um, um, But but hear me on this. Just because you're a Christian, um, your salvation's secure, you're going to heaven, it's all grace and all that, yes, completely wonderful, let's celebrate that. It doesn't mean you're walking in life right now. Um, And we all have experienced that, I'm sure. We have seasons where it doesn't really feel like life. Sometimes that's just a season, and sometimes that's because we've begun to compromise in areas. And God shows us and he invites us into his loving embrace, forgives us and restores us, and it's amazing. That's the Christian life. Um, We saw at the beginning how that compromise can come in through, through walking, standing, sitting, and in other ways too. Um, but if we do have him as our source, we can work, live, and be around anything, be in any place, but be an agent of life. Um, you can be in a system that's seeking not to have God as the source and plug them in to the source. Um, in whatever way that might be but because you have him as your source you just release life uh, and you work that out as you go along and then we do it together in communities we do it together as a church we go into prisons together and do stuff like that we do, um, we do things in small groups together we do things in communities we do cowl things where we invite people to come along just to give away some of that life Um, But tonight, the challenge, I think, at the start of this, not knowing probably a third of you, uh, the challenge is to go all in. Is anybody up for the challenge to go all in? To be life givers, to lay down our lives afresh, to be agents of renewal in our personal lives, our communities, the city, the nation, society, and welcome people home. Is anybody up for that? What would it look like to have communities of life across the city that were welcoming people home? What would it look like if it was just everywhere? Spread like wildfire across the city, welcoming people of every demographic, rich or poor, young or old, to life. What would it look like? We're at the start of something with that, and we want to see more, and this year's going to be one of those years. We'll be hearing more about that as the weeks go on. 
This takes prayer, it takes faithfulness, it takes commitment, but the psalm says it leads to life, um, uh, contagious life um, for us to give away. And you will be planted by God's presence. He will never leave you or forsake you. Um, So shall we come to the Lord together? Great, let's stand. Because when we stand, we're closer to God. That's a joke, that's a joke. Um, Because he's not in the clouds, he's here anyway. Um, A change of posture just freshens us up a little bit. Um, Great, so not knowing a third of you, what we love to do here is we like to hear from the word and we like to ask God to come and breathe his life on it. Uh, And God's a... um, God's a gentleman, um, so he doesn't force himself upon us, but as we open our hearts to him, he comes in and ministers to us in ways that are so deep, uh, we don't always understand, um, but he loves to do it, come and breathe life on his children. Um, So I'd love to pray, Um, if you're not used to it, you may want to just place your hands out before you, Uh, this is not magic, Um, this is saying yes to a gift that he wants to give you, and that gift is life this evening. He wants to be the source of that system uh, for you. He wants to come and wash it out, the stuff that's got in the way. 